Here's Papa is brought to you by Just Some Podcast Media. Dun, da, da, da. The views on this podcast are those solely of the host and do not represent the views or opinions of any other institution. <laughs> Welcome to Nurse Papa, a podcast from the heart and mind of a pediatric oncology nurse and father. In each episode, I take a deep dive into a story of parenthood, or I tackle a parenting question from one of my loyal listeners in a segment called Dear Nurse Papa. In either case, I hope to come out on the other side with a better understanding of what makes kids and their parents tick. Let's get started. Papa, could I please ask you a question? Sure, sweetie. What's your question? If the kids you take care of at work are always sick, how do they play? That's a really good question, my love. Just because a person isn't feeling well does not mean they can't play. Sometimes, a little playtime is exactly what helps a kiddo feel better. Does that make sense? I think so, Papa. Is that why you always act so silly when I'm feeling sad? You got it. Being silly is the best. Are you ready to hear some stories about how being silly really helped? Papa, let's hear them. All right, let's go. Embrace the silly. When you can no longer take the pain, embrace the pleasure. One of the funniest lines I ever heard came from the deadpan mouth of a mother standing over her dying teenage daughter. I had just walked into the girls' hospital room to help Danielle, her nurse that day. Danielle has bright blue eyes, a naughty smile, and a quirky sense of humor. She is often one of the first people in the room to utter something that is slightly inappropriate, yet also fully hilarious. None of these offbeat qualities, however, prepared Danielle for what she heard next. She was concentrating on the medication pump next to her patient's bed in order to give the girl an extra dose of morphine when her mother remarked in my direction, Oh, I see you have a woody and poo on your shirt too. (gasps) She was referring to the two patches I had playfully sewn onto my nurse's scrubs. A classic Winnie the Pooh holding a honeypot and Woody from Toy Story peeking out of my pocket. Oh. But Danielle did not know that. She whipped her head around in my direction, fully expecting the worst from this young male nurse until she too was in on the joke. It was an unexpected quip from a mom who certainly had nothing to laugh about at that moment. But there she was anyway, making a perfectly on-point joke. In that hilarious moment, I was too busy examining my shirt for shit stains and my pants for an unexpected hard-on to fully share in the laugh. Years later, after I was fully initiated into the many trials and tribulations of parenthood, I could appreciate that mother's joke for what it truly was. A Hail Mary, a lifeline, a desperate attempt to dispel any small part of the misery she must have been experiencing at that time. And it seemed to work for her, at least for a short time, 
and that was good enough. With my own two kids, who seem uniquely manufactured to penetrate my patients on an hourly basis, I am often unable to find the humor in life or even control my temper. It is the cruel fate of a dad whose kids' antics assault me on a near genetic level <coughs> to become accustomed to routinely losing my cool. You would never guess it by looking at those two little jokers of mine. They are such cute and gorgeous kids, but I swear they are out to get me or at the very least, make me routinely feel like an asshole. <laughs> the worst and also the best example of this is when I attempt to discipline one of my kids for physically or emotionally traumatizing the other, and the injured party rebukes my admonishments by defending the actions of their guilty sibling. <gasps> no! <sighs> I love that these two act like a cohesive team when there is division in the ranks but I'm equally flustered by my inability to adequately teach right from wrong. There are moments though when I break through the feelings of anger and frustration that are routine to raising kids both sick and healthy. In those times, I find myself in an entirely new place, a silly place. <laughs> when I am able to summon this state, I'm a much better father. I'm also able to find the joy in the hard times when they invariably show up because I feel like I'm in on the joke rather than the cosmic butt of it. It's all a matter of perspective. I learned how to reset in this way from the parents I've spent time with in the hospital. Their enviable ingenuity I got an idea! and sometimes their cautionary wrongness has shaped the type of father I am. Ironically, in a hospital full of sick kids, there is rarely a shortage of laughter. The capacity of most kids, even the sickest ones, for joy and happiness is a fact which I now take for granted. The yearning of their parents for a meaningful exchange with another adult, a smile, a good conversation, a mutual understanding for the cruel joke that is a child with cancer is also in abundance. Even before I had kids, I took mental notes of the effective parenting techniques to emulate and those best to avoid. I have marveled how one particular mother engaged with her very sick boy in a physical and playful way. Instead of reacting to his fear and stress by meeting it with her own, she showed him an entirely different path. Whenever her son was in pain or began to scream in fear, she drew his thin body close to hers. With her face pressed lightly against his cheek, she whispered deliciously sweet words into his ear. I love you. I love you. You'll be okay. She pulled playfully at his toes, each of which had a name, until he was once again giggling and smiling. <laughs> Most likely, she quieted her own inner turmoil as well. It was a calming tool for both mother and child. Her son, beyond all expectations, is alive and healthy today. It was his mom's calm and patient demeanor that helped to keep him happy and hopeful until our therapies finally worked. Yeah! I have tried a very similar tactic of redirection with my own kids at home. When my daughter is intractably upset and writhing on the floor because I will not give her the very thing she wants, I get right down there with her and provide the very thing she needs. Attention. Apparently, she also needs candy too, she tells me. I gently tickle her ribs or her tiny feet until she can no longer suppress the giggles she is trying so hard to hold back. If more is required, 
I nuzzle a piggishly snorting nose upon her neck and pretend to feast on her chin until she is laughing and has forgotten that she was ever sad. This silly connection also helps me forget how annoyed I just was. It resets us both. Dance parties in the kitchen, ad-libbed and seemingly never-ending ukulele performances, diaper hat runway shows, or absolutely anything that will reset a sad moment are now part of my silly papa arsenal. Yeah! This silly place is not a parenting panacea. It will not solve or disappear away the many problems and annoyances routine to modern family life. Most sadly, it will not bring a dying child back to full health. It will provide some relief though, and usually at a time when that relief is most necessary. When times are darkest, every smile and every laugh reminds us of the joy there can be in living. Even when a life is close to ending, laughter can play a part. A few years ago, Angelo, a three-year-old boy who I knew well, was in the last hours of his life. His entire family stood around his bed, with all their strengths and eccentricities laid bare, waiting for something to happen. His mother, Dana, who was 38 weeks pregnant with a sister Angela would never meet, held him tightly to her belly. Between weak inspirations, Angelo's tiny body would relax, motionless and silent for what felt like an eternity. In one such moment, Kate, the calm and present nurse caring for him, gingerly put her stethoscope to his chest to listen for his heartbeat, to see if he had died. Just as she paused to listen to him, holding her own breath so she could detect his faint heartbeat, Angela took a giant, gasping inhalation. <gasps> Kate jumped back in surprise, vocalized a surprise yelp, <gasps> and everyone in the room, including Dana, began laughing. Angelo had played his last trick on his last nurse. You just scared your nurse, Angelo, said Dana, who was smiling through heavy tears. Just let go, Angelo. Come on, son. Please let go. Soon after, Angelo left this world, but he left a smile in his wake. I often think about Angelo as I go about my day at work, and also when I'm at home caring for my own diminutive wildlings. If it's not sweet Angelo holding space in my mind, it is inevitably the specter of one of many kids who have become my teacher for how to live life well for a short time. I am humbled and heartened by the blissful giggles which I still hear in my mind long after they have left the hospital. I am strengthened by the happy exclamations of so many bald-headed kids long after they have died too. Although their bodies may have left this world, they leave something behind which has no expiration. The shadow of a laugh, a receding impression of a smile, the most subtle gesture of two eyes rolling toward the ceiling in feigned horror of a questionable pun which I have graciously laid at their feet. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Nurse Papa. Remember, Nurse Papa is also an upcoming book about my experiences as a pediatric nurse and father. Available August 17th. Woot woot! For more information about the book, please visit 
nursepapathebook.com. Stay safe out there and keep on parenting.